Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Today's going to be a fun conversation. I will be honest, over the years, I have talked to all different kinds of business people doing all different kinds of things from sales and marketing to innovation to creativity to leadership development, but we haven't really gotten to the subject of affiliate marketing. And this is going to be an interesting conversation. I think there's a lot of people who might say, ooh, affiliate marketing, but they don't even realize that they themselves are an affiliate marketer and they don't even realize it. So it's going to be a great conversation. Cool new guest, cool new book that we're going to talk about. Say hello to my guest. His name is Bob Glazer. He's the founder and managing director of Acceleration Partners the founder and chairman of Brand Cycle and the author of a new book called Performance Partnerships. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Todd. Happy yeah. to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you. I appreciate you carving out time. We've got this great new book coming out in uh, just a few weeks, so grateful for you uh, swinging by and giving us some time. Uh, before we get into the new book, Performance Partnerships, take a few quick seconds, uh, Bob, and tell us a bit about you and your background. Sure. So I am an entrepreneur and a marketer who's had a... Uh, decade or more long passion with customer acquisition. I'm the founder of Acceleration Partners. Acceleration Partners is the leading independent performance marketing firm in the U.S. We help to launch and manage affiliate programs for pretty fast-growing brands such as Target, Adidas, Gymboree, Pier One, brands like that. And last year, our clients' affiliate programs generated over a billion dollars in revenue. We also spent off the company Brand Cycle uh, that you mentioned uh, about a year and a half ago, which is working to bring influencer marketing into the performance channel and get that more as a pay-for-performance channel rather than a, a pay-for-placement channel. So we are in and around all things affiliate marketing and online customer acquisition. Well, affiliate marketing is one of those things, Bob, where if you were to line up 20 people and go down the row and say, What's your impressions of affiliate marketing and define it? I think you would get a very wide range of attitudes about it and definitions of it. I think there's a lot of people who, I think there's there's been this stigma, this ick factor behind it, but there's also a lot of people out there who will swear by it and build an amazing life and business career out of it. I, I don't know how to begin this conversation. I, I, uh, if you could lead us off by saying, what is Bob's definition of what this is? <laughs> And talk a bit about where it was and where it is and where it's going. Sure. So you gave me a little bit of T-ball for the first chapter of the of the book, which is I actually went to 20 people and I said uh, in the industry, I said, all right, what what is affiliate marketing? What is performance marketing? Are they the same? Are they different? And I took all their definitions and none of them were exactly the same. But I tried to to, to get a lot of themes together. So let me let me give what I think uh, a baseline just definition for the whole audience on what I think affiliate marketing really is, and then talk about that affiliate and performance and what is what, because I think that's where the the nuance gets gets lost. To some people, it's the same thing, and to, to some people, it's different. So in its simplest form, I think affiliate marketing is when a company and a marketing partner, who, who's often called an affiliate or a publisher, enter into a commission-based relationship that is paid for performance in nature, also known as cost per action or CPA. 
So almost every retailer or consumer company online, over a million in revenue, has an affiliate program. And in many ways, it's actually a framework of a way to pay more than it is a channel itself, as affiliates represent almost every conceivable form of online marketing activity. You know, you were you were saying to me earlier before the call, you know, I guess I could be an affiliate. I, I have podcasts. I can use an Amazon link. I can li- list to the books uh, of my guests. And it, it, it does. It ranges the spectrum from folks doing stuff like that to to large public companies. So I think the confusion, and, the, and there's a lot of, there is a lot of, and if you look at the title of the book, you know, there's a lot of sort of shady paths to affiliate, and I think it's, it's important for us to acknowledge some of the things that have gone on in the past and why it's changing. But I think the key thing that came out of all those discussions is this difference between affiliate and performance. And the digital marketing industry, PPC firms, paid social, all these guys have all have all glammed under the uh, uh, the tent of performance marketing. At the same time that a lot of affiliate marketers are are trying to rebrand themselves and saying, look, there's a lot of stuff that goes on affiliate we don't want to be associated with, so we're performance marketers, and it's created confusion. But but the core tenet of affiliate marketing, or I think really where people talk about performance marketing as it was supposed to be, is not that you can measure spend in performance it's that it's that cp element cpa element that you don't pay for that until you get what you want and that's what the diehards really believe that performance marketing was supposed to be it was about the payout not the measurement uh, and affiliate marketing you know the way the way that we settled this and where the the name of the book came was we decided that hey rather than argue about this i this framework of performance partnerships we think is everything that someone should want in an affiliate relationship and excludes all of the things that have given the industry a, a bad reputation over the years. And, and so that's where we sort of came out with the definition and we said, look, what everyone wants and what we're moving towards is performance partnerships and, and here is what, what they look like. Well, what I think some of the some of the stigma that, that came and where some people get turned off by it is this idea. I mean, they're, look, they're, you, you identify someone out there who is a thought leader and an expert, and they have crafted a, a, a very lucrative business or career out of giving speeches or preparing courses or writing guidebooks on how to do this and how to do that. And they, they've they set up some affiliate program where someone can come in there and start selling that material, that content, and they get a piece of that. And then the creator of it obviously gets a piece of that. And then, But you go to someone's generic, lousy website, and all of a sudden they're hawking this hodgepodge collection of material that other people have clearly... <laughs> right. Well, that's where I think people have gotten turned off by this idea. But I think a lot of people don't don't realize and correct me if my if my assumption is wrong here but i think if you make the decision one day hey i want to buy a new widget i i want i've just i've seen it talked about i want one and you go to google and you type in widgets and you get a thousand responses i think a lot of those sites that are also talking about and selling that widget are probably some sort of a, a variety of affiliate marketing they don't even realize it I mean, is that an accurate portrayal of it? I mean, I think people won't realize how often they're actually shopping from affiliate marketers. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many ways to look at that. So, you know, if you are an expert in all things baby and you have one of the best read baby blogs on the Internet, I think what's what's different now, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you would have had to come up with your own products to basically have a revenue stream or, or had advertising. But instead, if you can, if you have a credible audience and, and good content and they believe you and you point them in the directions of products and services, rather than having to write your own book, you could refer them to the three or four books or the stroller or the gear. So yeah, there are a lot of people like that. A lot of the affiliates have really driven innovation in product review sites and apps 
and 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 they're marketing entrepreneurs at the end of the day. The stuff that gives the industry a bad name is when you have a merchant or a retailer who doesn't care about their brand. They put a really high commission out there, look the other way, don't care what their marketing you know, partners say about their brand. In fact, they don't want to know. This was <laughs> the basis of, uh, of an episode I was just on Dr. Oz talking about this in fake news saying, look, it's 50 percent and I sell some really crappy product and I don't I don't care what people say to get a sale uh, and I don't want to know. So but that is. I think that gets more attention, but that is a really smaller part of the industry versus, you know, all these high quality retailers and consumer brands saying, look, we would much rather. And if I went to any business owner and said, would you rather pay for inputs or would you rather pay for outputs? I think everyone would say I'd rather pay for outputs. The, and, and, and that leads to an affiliate program. But it really gets to there's no one size fit all. It's how you design your program, who you want in it, how you want to regulate the publishers. Is it public? Is it private? There's an assumption that a, a program is just a program. And, and how you run a program and then make that aligned with your brand is, is ultimately the difference in whether it, it, it is something high quality or it, it, it sort of falls down into some of the things that you talked about before where you see, again, a, a review site that doesn't look credible talking about a product that seems really uncredible and making remarkable claims that technically falls under the the umbrella of, of affiliate marketing, but it wouldn't fall under uh, the umbrella of performance partnerships. And just just to kind of define that because I think it's helpful for us in a, in, a, in a performance partnership there are four elements there's the CPA payout which is the core to affiliate marketing there's transparency with your partners about their marketing activities and what they are doing there's a relationship with the partners and it, so it, again this notion of offers or I don't even know who I'm working with that happens a lot and then there's real-time tracking and payment and if you have those four elements present you, you would have a, a healthy performance partnership or affiliate marketing program. And, and outside of that, you, you might not know what you're getting. And those same elements start to really make things that look like one-off partner development or business development or influencer and all that stuff can, can be rolled into this sort of framework as well. Yeah, no, it's one of those deals where it, I, I don't know how to say it other than you know it when, yeah. you, you, know it when you see yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah. it when you see lousy stuff and people that are just trying to make a buck here and there. They don't care about the brand. They don't they don't frankly care about the customer. They're just trying to take advantage of someone's Correct. affiliate program. And I'll be honest, as we record this in the year 2017, you're seeing a lot less of that than you used to. And and, and people have, uh, due to a large part, to the work that, that you, you and your organizations are doing, people have, have learned how to do this. And I think that's, you know, I'll be curious for you before we go to break a quick uh, prediction on the future. I, mean, I think this is going to be as I'm recording this, I'm looking out my window and seeing downtown Chicago and there's a lot of bricks and mortar stores that I don't know are going to be around in five years, you know? And so yeah. this whole idea of this more internet based and app based shopping and, and programs such as this, I think is the future of, of, of purchasing. And so I I think I think the future is very bright on this and I think as as the as people begin to really understand how best to do this and how correctly to do this and more of the performance mindset versus the old affiliate program mindset I think this is the future of of online re or retail do you agree Yeah and, and yeah and there has to be a lot more brand control I think where this went wrong is people I just outsourced their programs turned them over to other people didn't ask questions people had really the wrong incentives and I think as people decide, you know, take these programs. I, I John Wanamaker said over a hundred years ago, fifty percent of my marketing is working, fifty percent isn't. I just don't know which half. Right. The problem is he said that in a brand marketing era. We're in this online, direct, digital marketing, performance, measurable era. 
and and the same thing is still true right? where people are doing a lot of stuff and aren't sure what's working. And so we see frustration with that. And we see a lot more people saying, you know what, I got to stop paying for stuff that doesn't work. I really this is why we think the performance will go up to 20, 30, 40 percent of all online marketing, because brands are just going to refuse to pay for things that that don't work rather than me saying, hey, I've got this new whiz bang theory and you should pay me ten thousand dollars a month for it and I'll get you customers. I'd go to that same person and say, great, I'll tell you what, each customer is worth 15% to me, and after 100, they're worth 20%, so why don't we set you up, and why don't you go do that whiz-bang thing that you know how to do, and I'll just pay you for the outcome, uh, and, we'll, and our interests will be very aligned. Mm, good stuff. All right, Bob Glazer and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess structure and facilitate solutions leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced take the rigor challenge and ask yourself do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches the choice is yours will you rigor it you can purchase leadership rigor on amazon or by visiting ericpeedler.com all right, I'm back with Bob Glazer, the author of a new book called Performance Partnerships, The Checkered Past, Changing Present and Exciting Future of Affiliate Marketing. So before the break, Bob, you talked about the importance of transparency. Why is that so critical here? Yeah, so you really can't pick up, a, I guess you might not pick up a magazine or see an article online where you, where you, where you haven't find a CMO talking about transparency these days. The, the, the uh, ad fraud that's gone on in display you know, billions of dollars, the meth bot scam. I think a lot of people are, what they're finally realizing is that there just are not a lot of aligned interests. People are making money against them, their clients or their partners. They're not disclosing kickbacks. They're not disclosing fees. So this notion of, of, of transparency and just being able to see everything that is going online is, is paramount. And, you know, in the performance partnership sort of view of things, increasingly a company creates an in-house network or system working with someone. We call it sort of a clear box, not a black box. They, they, they invite their partners to come operate on it, and it's an ecosystem. Like you're allowed to drive, call it kind of the Uberization of marketing. You're allowed to drive for Uber if you join their network and follow their rules and play in their system, and, and they don't have to buy a lot of cars. You know, they, they can work with a lot of partners who operate under their framework. Kind of the same thing in marketing, which is rather than me spending money on networks and exchanges that I don't understand and can't see, I really want to see what's going on with my marketing partners. I want to understand the incentives. I want to make sure that the agencies that I'm working with have my best interests in heart. That has not been happening in the last couple of years. I mean, the fact that 30 to 50% of display ads are not even seen by a human being for 
$20 billion a year is causing major alarms for a lot of CMOs uh, and VPM marketing. Well, I was, I'm intrigued by you using the term Uberization of marketing. I mean, I, we, I, it's one of those things. I, it's a joke with my show is that I, I try desperately <laughs> hard to never mention the word Uber because in every conversation there is, well, we're the Uber of this and we're the Uber of that and we want to be the Airbnb of this space and blah, 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 blah. And, but it's interesting how you, I mean, the way you brought that in, that how Uber uses partners to to grow their business. I mean, it, I, you obviously have to think about that in the same context with, with affiliate marketing and, and that you're, you've, you've built a, a product or a service and then you're going to rely on partners to help you distribute it and, and get it out into the marketplace. I, I, the mindset of business people these days is obviously more tuned to the Uberization of, of whatever it is going on in whatever space they're playing in. But how is that going to affect affiliate marketing and, and performance marketing in the next several years? I mean, is, is I, I think the Uberization of X is probably is probably potentially a good thing, right? That's, but that's where the yeah. transparency becomes critical. Well, well, what, what Uber is, it's a marketplace. So what you're seeing in everywhere is there are marketplaces, marketplaces of hotels, marketplaces of chauffeur drivers. What we're talking about here is marketplaces of marketing. So instead of my company believing that I can be great at everything, you know, I master Instagram and now I have Snapchat. And then I master Snapchat and now it's here. I try trying to keep up with, you know, marketing on these platforms is mine. I mean, I open up a marketplace and I say, look, if you're someone that knows how to do this and you and you agree to my rules and you agree to my brand standards, here's the outcome I'm willing to pay. And I create a marketing place of my marketing, which is a really powerful concept and ones that we see the most progressive sort of gen three affiliate programs moving towards we saw a little bit of this like if you think about like a logo tournament it started in you know that side of stuff where hey i want a logo well instead of hiring expensive designer i could put it out there and get a bunch of them for five hundred dollars so that that was just kind of a, a one sliver that is being taken more towards broader experts of marketing and say look these don't even have to be a single shingle guy at home designing uh, logos, these could be public companies or $100 million companies coming in and saying, look, we just know how to do this better than your company. And if you tell us what it's worth to you, we'll, and, and, and you you know give us the system you want to connect with and the rules and the playing ground, we'll, we'll do it for you. So that that is a real, I, I, this is where it's going, I can tell you, because we see the most progressive companies doing that. And that's a real paradigm shift in marketing. And it's sort of dovetails to what we're seeing in the general economy. Again, marketplaces, not doing everything yourself, and, and connecting to the experts that can help you with that. Mm. So what's next? I mean, I, everyone's talking about the Uberization of whatever it is, there's whatever yeah. space they're in. I mean, that's and everyone's trying to figure out how they can take that idea, that model, and apply it to their product and service. So what's what's after that? Do you have a sense of that? I mean, what is, is does artificial intelligence? Does I mean, does any of that kind of stuff play in any of this down the road? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing some artificial intelligence sort of in 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 the technology management and the identification of opportunities, but but the marketplace concept has has always existed, right? right, it, right. The, the, the the digitalization just makes it faster. So I think the evolution is actually in the company not trying to keep up. I I think that you'll find more companies saying, look. 
I'm not going to try to build a massive marketing team that is good as everything. I get at everything. I'm going to build a marketing team. I'm going to set up one of these systems. I'm going to go recruit the smartest people in the world and I'm going to have them do elements of my marketing for me and I'm going to pay them well, but I'm going to pay them on a performance basis. And this way I've sort of future proof by marketing, right? So if the, if the Instagram stuff starts to run its course, you know, then the Snapchat guy comes in or the app company comes in. One, one of the companies now that I talk about in the book called Button that we've done some work with, I mean, they're really revolutionizing app to app performance marketing and and doing all that on a performance basis. So if you're if you're behind the eight ball, you know, in this, you can connect with Button, you can get in other people's apps, they'll do it on a performance basis. You don't have to try to be good at everything. And I, I think that's a that's a permanent change that that we're gonna see in in how people approach their marketing portfolio. Well, in thinking about this conversation with you, I did not think about recruiting. You just mentioned a second ago that, you know, if, if you're trying to recruit the smartest people you can think, boy, how do you do that? I mean, how do you, what do you look for if you're in a, if you're trying to develop an affiliate marketing program? And correct my, yeah. my positioning here if I'm on the, looking at this from, from the wrong context, but, but if I am looking to recruit talent for this, I mean, what do you look for? Yeah, so we, we look for people with the types of audiences. Um, so this is called publisher development, finding new partners and, and, and publishers. And it's the key to growing any program. So either you take the people that are coming to your company and asking to do business development type relationships and you say, look, we have this system that can do this at scale because we really think performance partnerships are really a business development system at scale. Or you go out in the world and a lot of people look, this is where they would work with an affiliate network to help them find the publishers that are a good fit. Or they would work with an agency like Acceleration Partners and say, look, here are our goals. Who are the people that you know and work with? But, you know, we have that's what we have a team that does all the time. They are out there looking for folks who have new and innovative marketing models or uh, audiences that are looking to connect with retailers and sort of make those connections. It's a little bit like matchmaking. The person who has the the traffic or the audience or the new thing and then the person who has the the relevant product. So you've got you got companies looking with things to sell, trying to find people who have that audience and people with audiences trying to figure out how to monetize that audience best by finding the best company that sells something related to their audience. Is it is it just about audience though? I mean, I was approached by a publisher a few years ago that wanted me to write a book and and they were more interested in the size of my mailing list than they were about the actual book I was going to write. Because that, because yeah, there are people who have a talent for building an audience, and frankly, they built trust with that audience, and that's let's be honest, that's critically important here. But that's right. not the only thing, right? No, I mean, audience means a lot of different things, right? They have reach, whether that's a mailing list or daily users or app installs, or again, they they have. Uh, uh, the customer that that person wants and wants to reach and they feel that, you know, they can get to them and, and convert to them. So it's a, it's a combination. But if I'm, if I'm a, if I have a brand new stroller and I'm a merchant, I mean, I want to go find as many influential baby oriented blogs, influencer marketing. I mean, you know, that, again, I would be targeting the people who I feel like have that audience and trying to convince them that I am the best way to, to monetize that audience. So it- to, to boil this down very simply, what you're talking about here is, yeah, you could identify someone who's got 100,000 people on a mailing list, but he's kind of a shyster. Or you can connect with a really well-respected mother who has a cool blog and has 20,000 people on her list, but she they really love her and trust her. And if she recommended a product, boom, they're, they're going to really believe in that. I mean, that that's, what you're, that's what you're targeting. Yeah, right? one of the biggest trends right now you know, is influencers and micro-influencers. So yeah. people are getting a little tired of the celebrity uh, 
about influencers where it's $500,000 a post and they post the instructions in the post because they're not even looking at what it is. There's no authenticity to it. What we see people is aggregating these micro influencers who have really strong followings of 10 to 20,000 people, as you said, but, but, you know, tightly around their topic of interest rather than 8 million who, you know, are all following some celebrity. So what they're doing is you pool together uh, and we've heard this is where brands are having the most success. You pool together an affiliate program, you know, a hundred of these micro influencers who have audiences of 10,000 and you know, particularly in kids or baby or pet, you get very nuanced audiences and you get them working for you and you get, you know, really strong results. And in some cases, probably better than that celebrity that has, you know, 10 million people following them, but that represents almost every type of person in the world it doesn't represent their buying intent as much as it represents that they liked that celebrity yeah i'm actually turned off by brands that 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 tie in with a celebrity because i i just know what the what the 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 objective is there well well you see the celebrity every day sort of just shilling a completely unrelated product right versus if there's a really passionate you know dog site and it's all about dog and they 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 probably wouldn't talk about something or recommend it. Like you wouldn't put someone on your show that you didn't think was good just to make money off an affiliate link for their book, right? So, so the credibility shows, and I think again, the performance of the people who have authenticity and credibility is actually better than those who are just selling their opinion to the highest bidder. Right, right, right. You know, you mentioned earlier in the broadcast this this fake news e- epidemic, and and I, I guess. Of course, take this for what it's worth. Uh, trust your opinion a lot more. But I, I think if there's one threat to affiliate marketing and performance marketing long term is this idea that people are just increasingly not trusting what they see on the Internet. How, what, what, how big of a threat is fake news and how is that playing in this space? Yeah, as I, I, you know, was recently on the Dr. Oz show, as I said, talking about this, he's been a huge victim of fake news, people just making up endorsements and products that he has nothing to do with, because they're marketing partners for these companies that offer a 50% commission and look the other way, you know, at how people generate it. But I actually think the opposite of what you just said is the problem and that people, fake news looks really real these days. And rather than that sort of crappy uh, site that you were talking about before where they saw some review, someone creates a fake news site that looks pretty good and they put logos uh, on that site of you know a, a news station and they put an endorsement or something like that and then they buy an ad on Facebook. And people on Facebook assume that things are organic. You know, that I think how it used to be, ah, that they just see stuff and stuff that's relevant. But people are paying to target their persona. So someone takes an, you know, becomes a, an affiliate for an acne cream company that's offering a 50% commission and it's probably just, you know, no better than $5 cream being sold for $50. And then they could buy an ad on Facebook that really targets people that, you know, had some, some talking about acne or liked acne articles in their profile. And, and you might believe that that's real. So I, I think people are having a, a trouble discerning with fake news, the quality of it sometimes, you know, what is real and what is fake, and then they may go share that with other people. So it's becoming one of these tools for sort of unethical affiliate marketers. And I think that's where we all need to be really careful and or sort of look through and make sure we're dealing with reputable companies. Because right. So you're saying the bigger problem is not that people are not trusting anything anymore. That, that they, they are. They're too yeah. trusting. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, how do you, gosh, is there a procedure or a process or a way you can verify things? I, I really, I, it's tough because again, it's, yeah. it's, it's what the publisher's are doing. I would say that I would focus on companies if they're connecting to companies that you have heard of that are reputable 
that you might have bought for before you've heard sort of from your friends i i think if it looks like some fly-by-night subscription company that you have to put your credit card in i would i would sort of look the other way also understand that most of the on social the stuff the ads that you see are very targeted to you and your behavior. You leave, you leave a footprint. So it shouldn't be surprising that you're suddenly seeing all these relevant ads. I think we need to be a little bit aware of our confirmation bias there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. One last question, Bob, before we go. So someone listening to this who says, all right, well, look, I want to get into this. I want to become a performance marketer and I want to, and I'm not sure if maybe it's a two-part question of, all right, I have a cool product that I would love to kind of put out into that marketplace that other people could could leverage and, and tie into their to their audiences that they build yep. trust and transparency with. Versus or and or I guess is the better way to say it. I want to I want to start selling some of this cool stuff that I believe in and have used and believe and I want to promote to an audience that I know trust me and would and I have some influence over. I mean, any uh, two or three kind of key steps to kind of get into that in the right uh, going into the right direction. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk first on the merchant side. So if I'm a store and I want to set up to get marketing partners, I really want to do some research. If I don't know what I'm doing, I want to find a network that can help me or I want to find an agency like Acceleration Partners that can help me pick the right network, do the recruiting technology partners and sort of set up the program in a way that is safe and 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 will be productive and and help help with the recruiting. And generally you want to be probably a million to 2 million in online sales before it really makes sense to mm-hmm. to dive into something like that because it's going to take some time and some work and uh, if you're below that, it's probably just not enough revenue where you can put someone in charge of it. And if you don't have someone looking over it, then you have a lot of the problems that <laughs> that we talked about earlier. Right, so it's key right. to have enough resource. On the other side, it's an interesting question because I get asked all the time, hey, what would I be good at at affiliate marketing? What are good offers or what do I connect to? And I think that's the total wrong way to go about it in terms of trying to build a site that, look, there's some amazing search marketers or people maybe that can figure out how to get traffic for something that they don't care about. But all the best publisher sites I've seen are where they're passionate about a topic. They naturally have a really great audience for that topic. And then they think smartly about what would connect to that. So, yeah, if you have this, you know, leading podcast with millions of listeners and on your website every week, you might say, oh, well, who are these folks? Well, they're they're small business owners. So in addition to the books, I could probably connect with some of the programs around small business services, maybe setting up merchant processing with Square, maybe getting a Microsoft Office, you know, uh, for their bag, you, you would pick things that were related. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that that would work best for you. You know, having having a strong audience and then thinking about the types of programs that are the brands that you would want to associate with that you thought your uh, audience would be interested in. Sounds like you have to you have to establish credibility first of, of an interest and a passion behind something, whether it's dogs or whether it's small business people or whether it's it's acne or whatever the case yeah, may if, be. If, if, if you're not an internet marketing ninja and you know how to spin up an seo site and buy traffic to it and play traffic arbitrage and all that stuff those are the people that can go after a category that is just performing well so if you're just someone yes you need to really focus on something that is more your expertise and that you have a passion on because that's how you'll get the traffic people will find your articles they'll like them you'll all the stuff that you know the 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 the, the internet marketer would try to sort of manipulate in a in a quick period of time you, you will get naturally over time yeah all right, audience, if you were paying attention to that, a lot of rules and guidelines between the lines there of what you should and should not do. So good stuff. Bob, we're about out of time. Before I let you go, should anyone have any questions? How can they contact you? Where can they learn more about both Acceleration Partners and Brand Cycle? And most importantly, 
where can they get their hands on a copy of Performance Partnerships? Sure. Uh, Performance Partnerships will be out around May 15th on Amazon. Um, best place to get it is at performance-partnerships.com. We've got some cool stuff on there. We'll have sample chapters uh, of the book, uh, a tool called Affiliate Grader for you to test and see and score your existing program if you want to see how it's doing. Our business website, uh, if you want to find me, is accelerationpartners.com or brandcycle.com. And again, if you fill out contact form or any of these sites or reach out in a personal way, I'm always happy to try to get back to you and answer any questions. Bob Glazer, the author of the upcoming book, Performance Partnerships, The Checkered Past, Changing Present and Exciting Future of Affiliate Marketing. Bob, great to have you. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks so much, Todd. All right. All the time we have for today, again, on behalf of my guest, Bob Glazer, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now, get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.